0: hi lauren welcome to the show
1: hey alan thanks for having me i'm looking forward to yet another good conversation with you
0: (laughs) yeah we've had a we've had a few conversations we
1: have yeah yeah
0: And one of the things that we've had in our conversation, and it was spirituality. Yeah. And the idea that there is a state of awareness, a state of consciousness, beyond what we would refer to as the physical plane of awareness. And what I'd like to do is hear what you would use to describe that That space of spirituality and those folks who want to access that dimension of spirituality what are some of the things that they could do in their in their own practice in order to build that that connection to the spiritual part of our of our life
1: okay so that's a lot. <laughs> Spirituality for me is really almost more of a feeling than an intellectual thing that I can I can put words to easily, but it's um it is for me it's being connected to the energy of everything around me in a conscious way. And that conscious way has built over time. It's not something that I just, you know, figured out one day I could do. It it's been building and I've worked with other people who do energy work. Cause that's my area of expertise is energy healing. Um, but that once you start to get sense, like like sensory um, validation that you're experiencing something different. And that for me is that I feel energy in the palms of my hands. That's, that's how I work with the energy of people or the world or my pet, my dog or things. Um, is I I kind of feel like they're satellite dishes. They, they're receiving the energy. They're receiving the signal. So for me, that's how I tactically experience what's not there, what's not visible. You right. Know? <laughs> um, and for me, that was a very validating thing, um, especially when I began to um, practice. I did a lot of practicing before I decided I could actually do energy work. Sure. But practicing with people who also are able to experience energy moving through them. Because they would say, oh, I'm feeling you do this. And they'd have their eyes closed. And I'd know they couldn't see what I was doing. But it was right where I was working at the moment. So there's things like that that are very validating. The other thing for me that was huge, and it's one of my, my favorite things to teach people and do, is, is that you can't you have guides. We all have guides. They can take many forms. You can call them whatever you like. It could be God. It could be all it is. It could be Gaia. It could be angels. It could be Power animals doesn't matter; they're all pretty much spirit, right? <laughs> and each culture seems to have its own sort of way of of sure. um, visualizing that. Yeah, just, yeah, that's true. It's really you know we we humans like to name things, right? That's how we understand them. So for me, it's um it's a lot of angels, but it's a lot of ancestrals. I do a lot of shamanic work, and boy, is that awesome in terms of taking you down a rabbit hole that is super spiritual and hard to. Um, explain to people who haven't experienced it, I guess is what I can say. Um, But uh, it's, I just lost my track. Oh, the guides. I, I started learning to talk to the guides. And then I started learning how to get answers back. And my favorite thing, I've got one right here. I always keep these handy. My favorite tool is the first one I ever learned to use is, is a pendulum. And it's such a simple little thing. And you can ask questions of your guides and ask them and it'll give you a yes or no answer. Very simple. So is my name Lauren? Mine is, it's probably hard to see, but it's going in a circle. Yeah. And that's my yes. Yours might not be. Now it's showing me no. Okay. <laughs> no is... It's ahead of me. No is for me is a left, right swing, but everybody has their own. So you train a pendulum just by saying, show me a yes and show me a no. And you can start asking questions and getting answers. So I use this a lot now to validate myself because for instance, I'm looking, I'm working with somebody after this, I have a client coming in and I was going to try, I'm going to use a new protocol I've just learned. And I, but I wasn't sure I should, it's like, I think I should, but I'm not sure. So I got this out and said, should I use this, you know, in, should I use this with that client? And I got a big, oh, yes, really fast. It was like, okay, thank you. I just wanted to validate that I got that right. So there that, are that really
0: actually, fa- fascinating that, that you can uh, make a a connection to a dimension of consciousness and have a two-way communication,
1: two-way communication.
0: Uh, that that uh certainly validates uh the fact that there is something beyond the physical which would be beneficial and uh, to be able to connect with.
1: Yeah. It also begins to validate your own intuition because you'll get an intuitive hit about something like I did for this client. I, I was kind of sitting here going, what should I, you know, is there something specific I should do? Oh, I've got this new protocol that I haven't tried yet. Maybe that, and my, that was my intuition kicking in. Yeah. Got that new thing, you know? And, um, and so my intuition was, yeah, that's the right thing, but I was able to validate it with a visual tool. And for me, that was a game changer. Wow. And it was, it was a game changer and even better is what I use a lot now is what a lot of people call automatic writing, but I'm not sure that's exactly the same thing. I love to, I can type with my eyes closed. So computers work well for me, but you can do it longhand. I ask a question. I type the question in and then I wait. And because I can type with my eyes closed, I close my eyes and just allow whatever wants to come through me. And I start typing it. I don't ask any, I don't question it. I don't censor it. I don't edit it just let it flow. And then often I'll stop and read that answer. And it's not in my voice. It's not the way I phrase things. It's not the metaphors I would use. It's uh, often more formal language than I would use, but I can also then ask another question. Oh, so you bring up this point. Let me ask another question. And I type it in so you can have an ongoing conversation. And for me, that's my favorite tool. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, how long have you been involved
0: right? in this work, Lauren?
1: That's a really good question. I would, I'm trying to think back when I first learned that particular um, uh, tool. I was still writing books. My last book I finished in like 2014. So, probably a little bit before that was when I really started consciously communicating with my guides. So, it's Were been- the books
0: that you wrote. Dealing with the work that you're doing.
1: Oddly, uh, four of the six were. I, I write. I I wrote. I don't. I'm not writing them anymore. But historical romance, uh, medieval Scotland, Woo! very magical cultures.
0: Oh boy! My
1: very first book was about a healer who worked with energy from her hands. I did not know that I could do that when I wrote that book. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it was not a conscious thing, but clearly spirit was working through me on that, too.
0: <laughs> now, so. the the palms of the hands, there's a lot of sensitivity. There's that there is... laying on of the hands. I've heard that, yeah. that expression. Is that an expression that you use, the laying on of hands?
1: It's not one that I use, um, partly because I typically work off the body about three to four inches. But there's a chakra, a minor chakra in the palms of your hands. So the chakras are the the main most people know the seven or have maybe heard the seven that are the main up and down
0: the spine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So those are your really those are the big, you know, full on chakras. We have um, minor chakras. We have minute chakras all over the body. And all they are is if, you know, um, Chinese medicine at all, acupuncture, acupuncture, works with the meridians. Yep. Well, where there's, I can never remember the numbers, but the the main chakras are where there's just a whole bunch of those meridians crossing in the same place. The minor ones, they have less of those lines crossing through them. The minute ones might only have one or two, well, two probably at least two. Um, but I have this instinct for where they are, without before I ever knew about you know anything other than the major chakras. I I knew that this was a place that was important. I knew that that um, the fo- the sole of the foot, you know where you have the like the two balls of the the front of your foot, and then there's that little sort of indentation between them. There's a chakra yeah. right in there. I found Ooh. that before I knew what it was, you know. So I have an affinity for for these things, obviously. Um, so yeah, so I I don't call it laying on of hands. I do sometimes work hands on. When I do Reiki, I'll often actually put my hands on the body. So in a way, I mean, it is laying on of the hands. It's just done with a very specific um Intention, because that's really each of the modalities that I've been learning about energy healing. It's just a different way of intentioning how you're working with the energy. Um,
0: the person is lying down on mm-hmm. a on a table, yep, a massage table, mm-hmm. and you put your hands three or four inches above the body, and you start to tune into. Oh, wait a second, what, what's yep. going on there? I feel a little heat there. I feel a little mm-hmm. cold there. Um, if you do with hot and cold, how do you, what's the senses in your hands?
1: It primarily it's, um, the best way to, to talk about it is, is like water flowing. So if everything is moving well, you're balanced and your energy systems working at, you know, at peak performance, which is almost never what I see in people because they come to me because something's not working right. But if it is, I feel it like it's warm water flowing. Like there's no impediments and it's just this beautiful, warm, feeling if there's no energy moving through something i feel it as cold or cool that different people feel it different ways so so you know don't think that if you that you have to feel it that way if you if you're interpreting no energy um what i find most often is what i call um, a turbulence so just like water going over rapids you get air bubbles in there and there's sticks that are on there and maybe a boulder that it's got to go around that's a blockage of some sort to me. And it feels very prickly in my, in my palms. Um, So those are the main three things that I feel. I do go through first thing with everybody is I go through and check all seven of the major chakras. And I often find that they're not in alignment. So imagine if your spine was not, you know, if you had scoliosis or something, then the nerve systems aren't going to work well. The bones can't work well together. Same with the that major chakra system. If it's not in good alignment, then the energy is not flowing well because it's got to go around things. And it's, and you know, your chakras can be completely out of that spinal column alignment. So, yeah. And
0: let's say I, I feel something out of alignment. I feel something that's cold. I feel that, and I sense there's a blockage. Mm-hmm. So as a healer, what I want to do is somehow reduce the blockage and allow that warm flow of river water flowing that's through the, the body goal. again. That's the goal, yeah. What do you do to remove the blockage?
1: Well, I've learned from a, long, a lot of experience, including my own healing, you know, where people were doing healing work for me, that those blockages are usually some story that you've been telling yourself. So it's a belief now and it's maybe it's a trauma or it's something that's stuck in your body and you're not allowing yourself to acknowledge it and process it. So we are taught to shove our emotions into our bodies. Right. Um, it's like, it's our culture. It's very, it's very uncomfortable if we express like, especially sadness or grief or anger, or, you know, those kinds of things. And so particularly women, I find stuff, our, our emotions, our uncomfortable emotions into our hips. So that's in that, that whole hip um, cradle area. Um Men, I find tend to do it in the shoulders. So, I mean, I don't haven't worked with a lot of men, but the men I've found I've worked with tend, tend to have it in the shoulders. But once I find that, I'm I'm first of all I'm thinking about the the area of the chakra area, the main chakra area, because that that sort of governs different parts of your of your experience. Um, but I'm looking for the story, and the way I do that, this is where the intuitive comes in. Um, I can talk to spirit and i've always invited in my client's spirits to be with us and to help and to work through me if needed. and so usually something i'll get an image, you know, in my head. i'll get maybe a word, i sometimes get lyrics, you know, song lyrics. um i may see a place or something that gives me a certain time, you know, era or something and Sometimes I know what it is. Sometimes I just intuitively understand what I'm being given, but often I'll go, okay, I, to the client, I don't know why I'm, I'm getting this, but here's, I just got this lyric or I I'm seeing this kind of picture. And I think it's, you know, like it's a farm, maybe, I don't know. It doesn't look like it's ancient or anything, but it's not like in our lifetime or, you know, something like that. And 10 times out of 10, the client figures it out or knows immediately what, what it's referring to. And then that allows us to have a conversation about whatever that's brought us to. And so I'm, uh, the whole time we're talking about it, I'm working with the energy, trying to loosen it up. And it's really all hand motion for me. It's it's kind of like, you know, if you if you put your hand in water and stir it up, it starts to move and things can flow differently. So I'm working with that. I find what I call sludge in a lot of them, which to me looks like black tar kind of goo. So sometimes I'm I'm unwinding that and pulling it out and sending it into the light while we're talking about all of this, because if you don't reveal what the problem is, which I do by bringing it up where we can talk about it, it's not going to go away. Um, so it's, I, I talk about my process as reveal, so bring it up, release, process, and then transform, and that's where you get to heal. That's the healing.
0: Go ahead and say that again, Lauren. So my okay. audience can uh, re- repetition is the mother of learning. I learned yes, so I just yes, uh, go that, ahead and say that again.
1: It does require me to remember what I just said, but there's three steps that I, I talk about with my healing. There's reveal, which is finding what is causing the block and bringing it up. I often call it bringing it up into the light, bringing it up into consciousness because it's all subconscious when it's stuck in your body. So we bring it up into consciousness And we start to talk about it while I'm working with the energy. So I'm loosening up the energy. The conversation is helping to loosen up the energy. We are, sometimes we're problem solving. How can we look at this from a different perspective? You were a four-year-old. Things that are terribly traumatic at four are often no big deal when you're 30. Um, So it's things like that, that we we can discuss, we can talk about, we can, and I can move the energy of. And then we get to, Transform from pain into health or wellness or improvement, and it's it's a beautiful three three part process that I go through again and again and again with my clients, and it's it's magical.
0: Yeah, it's really yeah, magical. Yeah. It's uh, it's using the uh, I'll call it the the fifth element of space, which is the metaphysical spiritual element, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you are. Uh, I, uh, the word that comes to my mind is aeration. Um, yeah. When you when you aerate something that's condensed, it it, mm-hmm. it loosens it. Yes. And though those pockets of blocks are are like something is condensed there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's and, a great way to say it. And, and in the mind, uh, there's a story connected with the condensing, and if we can uncork the story. Uh, It releases that energy, which directly affects the physical body, um, and it it gets released in the physical body, which then leads to a conversation of mindfulness. uh, Yes. Because mindfulness is to be aware of the thoughts, uh, and how do you manage those thoughts? And and so when we talk about mindfulness and spirituality, uh, what are... What what are the connections that you see between being mindful um, and the work that you do?
1: Well, I mean, mindfulness is a, a whole lot of things to me. Uh, for me, uh, a meditation practice is sort of where I first go to with mindfulness. But I also think that the mindfulness, and I learned this through getting quiet with meditation, is that ability to turn inside into in, inside yourself, inward. That's the word I'm looking for. And pay attention to what's going on. You know, so there's a mindfulness about what's really happening in my body, what's really happening in my egoic brain that's just repeating things that are not helpful to us or or keeping us trapped in patterns. So, getting mindful about them for me is first of all, recognizing what's going on, being aware you know that's the very first step what you can't what you can't be aware of you can't fix as far as i know um but then getting curious it's like okay i have this story where did the story come from why was it so important how can i reframe that and for me most of my stories that were causing me problems were i was putting myself in a victim mode you know i was the victim of you know my parents or uh, situations and having an epiphany one day in meditation that I was doing that allowed me to go, oh, wait, I'm not a victim. I am a strong person. I like the life I have. Everything has turned out really well. I've learned so much from what I've, I've done. And that's a perspective change, right? It's stepping out of the, oh, poor pitiful me, as my dad used to say, to, I have look at all this great stuff that I have, all this great stuff going on in my life. The person I am, I really like, maybe there's some things that I want to change still, but that's just called life. Um, But being able to, to flip out of that, I'm a victim of my, I'll say my mother, because that's who I was dealing with at the time Sure. to look how strong she has made me by being such a difficult person. (laughs) Um, And it totally changed my relationship with myself and totally changed my relationship with her and allowed all kinds of things to release. And it was, if not instantaneous, it was just a day or two before I really was aware of a massive change within myself. Wow. So for me, that's mindfulness is sure. Let giving yourself the time, space, and quiet to look inward, acknowledge, and then reframe it, find a better way to look at it.
0: Excellent. Very, very nice. I find that the, uh, the, the two two words you mentioned one was the uh, meditation mm-hmm. uh, and then you you mentioned awareness of what's yes. going on inside of you and i i find that most people are are trapped by the thoughts that they're thinking about the situation that they're experiencing and they're not able to stop Take a step back, observe physical tension in your body. Something has pressed a button out there in the outer world.
1: Get all triggers.
0: And you're getting you're getting stirred up with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and if you're not able to 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 manage those thoughts, and, and, and the way I say it is close to the way you say it, you you can't manage something you can't see. Mm-hmm. And if you don't see your body going wacko in front of you right now, if you don't feel the anger stirring up inside of you, if you don't know that that person you're making that person wrong, and and that it's causing you to be a victim, then you're at the effect, right? Uh, and that's not gonna that's not going to escort you out of the 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 suffering, the psychological suffering that you are experiencing. Yeah. So mindfulness. Is about that self-awareness and most people don't have it. Most people yeah. I see they're just that's the way it is. Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> well, just the way it is. Know. I can't change that. It's just the way it is. It's like I'm sorry, but yes, you can change it, but you have to want no
0: this. I can't. And and <laughs> why why is it difficult psychologically for people to rewrite the story of the victim? Why 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 would you continue to write a story? That is causing you psychological and physical and emotional suffering. What 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 causes somebody to hold on to a story like that?
1: I think I know I can speak for me because it's this is a journey I have taken in the last five or six years of my of my life so far. Um, for me, a lot of it was I didn't want to take responsibility for fixing myself. I wanted the other person to fix themselves. And that lack of responsibility for my own happiness and my own health, because it really had a big impact on my health to be in victim mode. You bet. And it, it, it and, and it, you know, it was my mother. I, I had protected myself from her my whole life, and it was not without reason. She was a narcissist, and she was really good at gaslighting people. You know, so, um, but you know, I was like, wait a minute, I'm an adult. I'm not a kid anymore. I have made some very good boundaries with her and I can, I can take the responsibility for my own happiness. And I mean, people had been telling me I needed to do that. I needed to forgive her. I'm like, I can't forgive her. She did all this shit to me kind of stuff. But I really, it it was, it was a lot of not only forgiving her for being the 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 person she is. It was being grateful that she did the best she could. She did, did the best she was capable of doing at the time. Yep. That changed my perspective. Yep. And the other thing was to stop judging her. Because a lot of what keeps us trapped is we're so busy judging everybody else. They're not doing it right. She needs to be a better mom. You, you know, that person, even at, you know, like at the at the stoplight, it's cream. Why aren't you going? <laughs> That kind of thing we judge all the time. I I think it must be the nature of humans, but it's really um, become a practice of mine to catch myself doing that. Yes, because I we all do it, and we're going to always do it. It's just part of part of us, I think. But I catch myself quickly now.
0: Yes, doing it. Yes, yes, yes.
1: And I follow a lot of what what I feel in your energy, and that is I. I'll sit back. Take a really good breath. Yep. Try to find a different perspective. I I love the traffic stuff because I think we all have issues with traffic. But, you know, if I can say, well, maybe that guy's had a really bad day and he's kind of tired. Maybe he worked the night shift and he just hasn't realized that, yep. that the light has changed yet. Oh, well, you know, bless his heart. I just wish he, you know, it's like, okay, I that's fine. I'm fine. You just do what you can when you can. Okay. It's just little things. And for me, the storyteller in me is, allows me to get curious about the person. My dad taught me to be a people watcher early on, and we would play get the game of, okay, that person's carrying a briefcase. I wonder what's in that briefcase. I wonder what that person's job is. I wonder, you know, does, is that person married? You know, it's just all of these fun little things that are, were a game. But they serve me really well now because I can say, huh. So that person is stuck at the at the light. Maybe, maybe he fell asleep and I don't want him driving anyway. Maybe he's a little distracted because something just happened that upset him. Maybe he's on his way to meet his baby girl and he's just not paying attention to everything. Right. Yeah. You know, it's and and that that maybe it writers call it what if. You know, because when we start dreaming up characters or plots, we go, well, what if this person was like this? Or what if this happened in the plot? Then what would that person do? And, you know, so it's a really handy little tool, but um, but it it takes away the judgment. It gives you a different perspective. And if you look at it as a game, then, you know, that just automatically lifts the energy of it.
0: Ooh, that's um, really, really, what, what you just said is, is matches my experience exactly mm-hmm. of I'm driving down the road, and the person is driving a, a pickup truck ahead of me. And they're sort of errat, you know, not driving the way I would drive. Right. And <laughs> and so you start to create a story about what's going on in that person's
1: mm-hmm.
0: life. And, it's and based not on a my nice story, the what?
1: It's usually not a nice story.
0: That's right. They're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's my judgment. Mm hmm. They're not doing it the right way. Exactly. And, and and what happens is once I write that story in my mind, that becomes the way I interact with that right. picture in, in the movie. And, and one day I just, wait a minute. Do I have to write that story that way? Mm-hmm. Could I think of another way to write the story in a way that, as Tony Robbins said, people do the best they can with the resources they have? Right. Uh, it's like, can you write a story that has a more compassion to it, that yeah. is less ego involved in it? Right. Uh, and and all of it's a sudden, it's less I, about I,
1: me and it's more about them. Say it again. It's less about me. Right. And more about them.
0: Right. Right. The idea is is that uh, I I I can uh, change the narrative, mm-hmm. but the the challenge that I find changing the narrative is i have to let go of yeah. the narrative my initial narrative which which is based on my conditioning
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and letting go requires flexibility uh, and mm-hmm. mental flexibility of not clinging to those thoughts right and so i so i imagine that with meditation you talked about meditation mm-hmm. uh, i find that meditation is managing those thoughts Uh, Mm -hmm. loosening up those thoughts that you're thinking, aerating, aerating the Mm -hmm. thoughts, adding space to something, dissolving something, fluidity, you're you're flowing more, you're not resisting so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and so you are talking exactly about flexibility, not resisting, reframing is one of the words in NLP they, they talk about a lot how how could you reframe it mm-hmm. um, but the problem is that uh, you you have to you have to be able to observe you have to be able to step back and most people that i find step back means forgiving and you mentioned mm-hmm. forgiveness and forgiveness is uh, you know
1: it's talk hard. about
0: talk about forgiveness <laughs> and the importance of forgiveness laura
1: yeah it's hard that was that was where i got to with my mom that changed everything is once I changed my perspective, and I one of the ways the the visualizations I use to talk about perspective is I call it the hawk's eye view. You know, haw- I love birds, so the hawks fly really high and they see really sharp down below. But it's a very different perspective than if you're right here in it. And yeah, yep. So yep. It, I I try to imagine myself flying above whatever's going on, and and helping that helps me change my perspective. Um. The, the my perspective about my mother when I got out of the victim mode took responsibility for my own emotions and my own story, whatever story I wanted to write. Um, I not only was easy to forgive her because that that idea of going, you know, putting myself in her shoes for one thing. She was 22 years old when I was born. My dad's youngest brother, who was seven, had just come to live with them because his parents were both gone. They were young, they were, you know, they were fresh out of law school and my dad had a nervous breakdown and here's my mom, you know, seven months pregnant with me when when my brother, my uncle, but I call him my brother, came to live with us and her husband of three years or four years is having a nervous breakdown and there's nobody to hold it together but her. What kind of strength did that take in this 22-year-old girl? Right. And when I really was able to like put myself in her shoes and think, oh my God, I would be like a basket case. I would never have had the, you know, the, the the strength, the the strength of will to take care of everybody. Cause she was. She had a newborn baby. She had this kid who was traumatized from losing, you know, his family so early, and and this husband who was falling apart. And doing that little exercise changed everything for me. Because I've been a mother with a baby who was sick and, you know, other responsibilities and changed it completely. And I was able to go, you know, she did a pretty good job considering what cards she was handed. Yep. And I can appreciate that. So instead of saying, why aren't you the mother I wish you were?
0: Right. Oh, yeah. You did a
1: really good job with a really bad hand. Yep. And um, that I was immediately able to forgive her at that point for not yep. being the mother I wanted her to be. You bet. And that was huge. So that's again, yep. a perspective change. You know, if you can, if you can walk in another man's shoes, you know, you can see through their eyes and through what they came through. And of course I was, you know, not even born when all that was starting. And so I didn't have any perspective about it, except, you know, from my conscious growing up years. So that was, um, that was really powerful moment for me to forgive her. But then I also was able to forgive myself for not stepping up and understanding that sooner.
0: Yep. That's great. And what
1: a change that made for both of us. We went from I she was defensive. I was, I was always you know barricading myself energetically from her energy. And the last probably couple of months of her life, we had this really lovely softening of the relationship a gentleness a compassion she told me she was proud of me for the first time in my life wow makes me teary
0: yeah uh, yeah I, I feel it, was, it i feel it yeah, right now yeah it in was my heart.
1: Uh, yeah i mean that's it's like ah uh.
0: yeah that's big and
1: it it was it was a, a life changing lesson for me Um, to go through that process. And, and I knew I was smart enough. I had learned enough about spirituality to know that there was a reason we were still in that kind of locked together place and that she wasn't going to go until I got the lesson and I got the lesson and it wasn't long before she, she passed. And um, yeah, so it's, it's been, it's been lovely to be able to look back on her and admire what she did in the world. Cause she did, she did a ton. Uh, really good stuff, but I couldn't see it for all my own crap yeah you know, so right. so yeah, so forgiveness is hard, but it is such a healing thing for both parties um that it's it's worth working on
0: i'm i forgiveness i I, I ask myself well why can't the the ego forgive? And in the course of miracles they spend quite a bit of time talking about forgiveness okay. and they, they say why why we why the ego can't forgive is because it's it it would entail a an undeserved sacrifice of my righteous wrath yes uh, it would it would be a gift that's undeserved and unjustified
1: mm-hmm. it would
0: be a complete denial of the truth
1: mm-hmm. And,
0: mm-hmm. and 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 so I live in that 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 frame of reality and and that that creates my identity, and for me to let that go would 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 dissolve a piece of the psychological identity that I've identified myself to be. Yep. And my ego is, is not in the dissolving business. Right. My ego is in the holding on, pre- preserving, and defending my point of view business. Right. And forgiveness. So, so when, when you forgave your mother, your mother transformed in your eyes. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you Completely. transformed for her. Uh, yes. And and that is, that, that's happiness. So happiness is something about inside of you first and not, don't forget trying to change the world out there. Let's just focus on the thoughts that you use to paint that world in your mind.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, It is a simple thing that is very hard to do, (laughs) but it gets easier as you, as you, I think for me, at least as I've moved down my spiritual path and, and really worked on opening up my heart, um, and understanding a lot more about how, how the universe works because it works in vast and mysterious and wonderful ways. And it helps me to understand that there's always a reason for something. There's always something for me in whatever's going on. Um, and especially if it's pissing me off, it's like, damn it. What, is, what do I need to learn from this? <laughs> you know, So um, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to do for yourself and for those around you. And then that ripples out to the world. Yep. Because if I'm no longer in this, you know, kind of icky energy, I'm not putting that out in the world anymore for one thing or not, not often. (laughs) Um, But now the other person, my mother in this case, also wasn't putting that out to the world because she didn't have to anymore. Right. And then energy is like water. It's like when you drop a a pebble in the, in a lake and the ripples go out and out and out and out. You're changing the world just by opening up your heart and letting go of. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that sweet? Yeah. It's, it's easy. And when you think about it to change the world, if you understand that it starts with your own really starts with your own heart, the energy of that.
0: Right. I'm, I, I, I understand the, the, the idea of uh, that the saying is God cannot do for you what God cannot do through you. Mm. And if you allow yourself to be a channel for the spiritual energy and not judging it and not resisting it. Oh, I'm not ready. I'm not old enough. I haven't meditated enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm a victim. Who am Mm -hmm. I to think that I can heal? Uh, But if I believe that um, I'm a divine being in an energy form called a physical body manifesting in this spiritual point in time, then I will allow why would I not practice forgiveness in every moment of my life for the, in in Christianity, they talk about salvation. Uh, Salvation is the forgiveness of sin. And so the forgiveness of your mother is, is, is there's some sort of wrongness in there. And when you forgive it, the wrongness dissolves and -hmm. it dissolves inside of you and you become a channel of the light. Yeah. Uh, And you're, you are a channel. You are a channel of the light.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I've experienced, and I love it. I love it. I know that I can light things up. Yep. you know, I, I can, and it's. I had been called told enlightenment, that I was Capable Lauren. of that, yes, enlightenment. That's right. called
0: enlightenment. You're an enlightened being. You are. You are in yeah. the enlightenment business. You are enlightening other people. You are yes. reducing the pain, reducing the heaviness, mm-hmm. and we are throwing things off the. The, the hot air balloon has the the basket. When you yep. want to make it go higher, you throw the ballast off. Yep. You throw the right. it makes it lighter and lighter and lighter. So Drop that's the, sandbags. So, the what?
1: Drop the sandbags.
0: Drop the sandbags, and, and and so them revealing and vulnerable and sharing stories and letting go of the of the sandbags of their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it frees up some level of their consciousness, um, and they are able to uh, experience. A, a much more uh, joyful uh place in consciousness, a healing place in consciousness and and I refer to it as mindfulness. Mindfulness is that that space in consciousness in which you have been practicing throwing the sandbags, throwing the sandbags off, and so you get lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter in your being and joy and happiness and love yeah. but but you don't have to wait for it to happen to you.
1: Mm-mm.
0: you can make it happen right now. Yeah. For yourself. Just start. Just start loving, just start joyful, just start smiling and 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 sharing yourself and being vulnerable. And
1: uh, yeah. And here's here's just a little tip for for the listeners. If you're not super aware of what's going on within you, I'm going to go back to traffic because it's one of those things we all share. If you notice that you're getting, that you're, you're like, you know, you're, maybe your throat's tightening up or you're getting that, that cramp in your stomach that you get when you're kind of anxious or mad or break for me for years, because of menopause, I would break out into a heavy sweat. Anytime I got angry, um, notice that notice the physical because your body is telling you what's going on and it's a wonderful way to start noticing Yes. Because we are usually aware of those, you know, things that don't feel good in our body. We don't understand them, but it's a communication. The body is a communicator for us. And so that's just, that's where I I start and I do it in traffic. I get to the stoplight. I'm like, oh my God, oh, yeah, that feels very, very good. Okay. Take a breath. Yep. Think of a new story that, you know, puts that person in a, in a good light or, or maybe that person's just having a bad day and I just need to send them a little love and compassion. And yep. And that's fun to do for people. Actually, <laughs> let me just light up your day.
0: <laughs> that's that's nice. That's something you could do. You yeah. don't you don't experience the effect of it, but you think that you know what if I just send that person some light and love? I wonder mm-hmm. if that will add that ripple into the into yeah. the field of awareness.
1: Yeah, yeah. I and and you were talking about smiling at people. I love to go. I probably told you this story or this thing that I do um when we talked on my podcast. But I love in mostly in the grocery store or Target where I'm standing in line for a while. I like to just smile at people. They light up or I'll turn around and go, hey, you having a nice day or gee, that looks like a good good thing to buy. That's I should have thought of that. Just an upbeat conversation of, you know, 30 seconds or less. Yes. Or just a smile. And it changes the demeanor. It changes the energy you of bet. the whole line.
0: You gotcha. <laughs> you know? And so and ev- how easy is that? And everybody can do that. Yeah. I did a program with Lou Tice, Investment in Excellence. And he said, You're you're a wizard, and you have the power to put a smile on people's faces. You have a power to bring light to people. What do you mean by that? <laughs> Next time you're in Target, uh, t- talk to the lady or the person that is checking out. It was just checking out, checking out. Just have a conversation with, with the yep. person and smile and 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 can you make the person smile? Can you make the person mm-hmm. change their state of consciousness? And you'll notice that it's easy. Yeah. It's it's, it's easier to easy. change someone's state, but you have yep. to want to do it. And and so you now have created a flower in your garden too. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's like, wow, they're a flower. Now you got a flower in your garden and you and you created it.
1: And it feels so good to do that for somebody else. Oh, so, yeah! And then that just opens you up even more, you know. So it's a win-win. You know? I'm going to consciously do this to lift you up, and look, I feel so good for doing it, you know. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's just children there are so with so many with children. Uh,
0: you know, with, with kids are easy because they're not easy. so defensive. Uh, yeah. Adults are a little bit. Wait a minute, uh, yeah. but but uh, kids, you can just. It's, you can you can smile and have fun with kids they're more open yeah uh, and it's it's sort of sad sometimes to see children that are so condensed that they mm-hmm. are frozen they can't allow that spontaneity because of some something that's yeah. you know happened uh, in, in their life so i'm mm-hmm. i'm a i really like the the idea of what what you're talking about with with the letting go and forgiveness and mindfulness and being aware and it fits yeah. very well into uh, our journey our journey for mindfulness. Yeah. I, I very yeah. much appreciate Lauren all the all the wisdom that mm-hmm. you have given our audience today as a as a as a being as a being of the light. Uh, so it's fun to see someone who's actually taken that abstract space and brought it down into the physical and is able to use the use that energy i'll call it divine energy Mm -hmm. and and bring it down into this this plane of existence and and use it for healing if folks wanted to follow up with you and connect with you and read your books and Mm -hmm. go and lie on the table and have those spiritual experiences how, how how does one connect with you
1: Well, the best, the the easiest place is to go to my website, which is heartlightjoy.com. And everything can be found through there. The books are there. Um, You can book an appointment with me through that website. I do a free call if you just want to call and see if you want to work with me. I love talking to you and there's no requirement that you work with me. Um, Alan knows. I love to talk about this stuff. (laughs) Um, Sure. And then there's also I have if you go to the website and and you, there'll be a pop up that comes up where you get an opportunity to sign up for my newsletter. If you do that, you get a free PDF download from me. That is, go figure, Lauren's top three ways to communicate with your guides. And so it's um, that's my free my free gift for you. I should, should just say gifts because gifts are free, right? <laughs> um, and so I invite you to do that. And um, yeah, and I will be bringing out a course. Very soon, it's almost ready to launch. Um, a, that is a more extensive um, deep dive into uh, working with your guides, into learning how to communicate with them. Um, and so if you're interested in that, keep an eye out for it. If you're on the newsletter, you'll hear about it when it gets released. So
0: Wonderful. Yeah. So just go ahead and say your your uh, website again.
1: It's Heart, Light, Joy. So heart like in your chest, light like you turn it on, and then yep. joy.com. Wonderful.
0: Dot com. Wonderful. Well Lauren it's been a pleasure once again to be able to share your experiences with our audience and have a conversation uh, to expand the light bring it down for 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 everyone so that mm-hmm. we can use the mindfulness and the spirituality which is within everybody uh, to to transform uh, yeah. our experience of living to reduce the psychological suffering and allow us to have a more joyful existence and happiness on this life.
1: Yeah, we can change the world. We can literally change the world for the better.
0: So you're a a game changer for the world.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, thank you, Lauren.
1: Thank you, Alan.
0: Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening. And please catch us on the next great episode of the Mindful You podcast. And please share us with your friends and fellow travelers on the path.